When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please have a seat, everybody. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And I am... I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure, like all of you in here and watching out there, I've always hoped to live to see the end of the COVID safety precautions. We all get to burn our masks at a ban- bonfire and then do something crazy like make out or eat free grocery store samples. <laughs> but it turns out that's not how pandemics end, not with a bang, but with a court order. Because last night, out of the blue, a federal judge struck down the mask mandate for planes and public transport, which is great news for anyone who ever rode public transport and said, this is way too sanitary. (laughs) Now, no surprise. The ruling comes from a Tampa-based federal judge. You can't let Florida make health decisions for the entire country. The Florida... That's not smart. The Florida food pyramid is just gator jerky and meth. (laughs) This judge, this judge claimed that the CDC exceeded their legal authority by requiring masks and that their power was limited to things like cleaning property, not requiring people to take hygienic steps. Yes, you cannot force people to follow basic hygiene. You can only make them clean property. It explains the new bathroom sign. Before returning to work, employees must wash this sign. <laughs> the judge... Sir. Sure. <laughs> the judge clarified her ruling, explaining, wearing a mask cleans nothing. At most, it traps virus droplets. That's the mask job, you <laughs> dummy! So my droplets don't get on you. That's like saying this diaper is useless. Every time I put one on my baby, it fills up with poop. (laughs) That's not doing anything. (laughs) The genius jurist behind the ruling is Judge Catherine Mizell, a 35-year-old appointed by the former president after he lost the 2020 election. At the time, Mizell received a not-qualified rating from the American Bar Association and had never tried a criminal or civil case. You do not want a judge with zero cases under her belt. A counsel will approach the bench and explain to me what this tiny wooden hammer is for. (laughs) Am I supposed to tenderize the jury? (laughs) Immediately after the ruling, all major air carriers, including American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines, relaxed their masking restrictions effective immediately which these passengers found out mid-flight. It's over immediately. Congratulations. Congratulations is an odd way to announce the lifting of a safety measure. Uh, As your captain speaking, congrats. The mask mandate has been repealed. While we're at it, I've turned off the seatbelt sign. Disabled the lavatory smoke detector, and we're hosting a knife fight in the cockpit. Cabin door is closed and is locked. There is no escape. Enjoy the Hunger Games. May the odds be ever in your favor. 
Now, look, people, people, people. Celebrating. All celebrate and happy. Look, people. People can take this news however they want, but it's unfair for people who might be immunocompromised or flying with unvaxxed kids to change the rules mid-flight. That's like being told halfway through a dinner party that it's an orgy. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for an orgy. I'm all filled up on dinner rolls. <laughs> and I'm wearing the wrong underwear. <laughs> One imagines you'd wear different underwear if you were... Delta updated their website to say masks are now optional for employees and customers following the White House announcement. While Spirit Airlines released this cocktail napkin, Spirit has never valued human life. <laughs> Another... I believe you can pay for a ticket on Spirit with just a handful of teeth. There you go. <laughs> Not everyone is being so quick to go full frontal face because the MTA in New York City said it would keep its mask mandate in place. So if you are... <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Safety first. Keep it safe. Safety first. So if you're riding the subway, remember, masks are mandatory. Pants, still optional. Okay? That guy in the corner is obeying the rules. Now, the timing of this ruling, uh, I gotta say, not the best. Thanks to the BA2 subvariant nationally, cases are up by over 43%. And with cases rising like this, I don't think we should get our health regulations from some federal judge. That's the job of the CDC. But you know who disagrees with me? The CDC. Because <laughs> they're sending out a new message on COVID behaviors. It's your call. That's not how public safety works. You don't see signs of the pools that say, shallow water, no diving, or go for it. Melanie and friends are watching. Public health officials are now leaving it up to people to assess if they need booster shots, whether to wear a mask, and how long to isolate after a positive test. No. No, no, no. Don't leave it up to people. Have you met people? <laughs> we make terrible decisions. You know who eats at the Cheesecake Factory? People do. <laughs> and they, say if, they serve an appetizer that is just cheeseburgers. In international news, France is heading toward a presidential election that could have huge consequences for Europe. The leading candidate is French President Emmanuel Macron, seen here impressing voters with a story about catching a cigarette this big. <laughs> He's running against far-right candidate and most sophisticated woman at the nickel slots, Marine <laughs> Le Pen. Le Pen is an anti-immigrant extremist with a history of praising Vladimir Putin and even receiving funding from a Russian bank. Macron is running to keep the Western alliance alive, and with the stakes this high, he's got a bold new campaign strategy, posting thirst traps on Insta. <laughs> Zutalo! That is not a fur T-shirt. <laughs> that is his chest hair. Not only does the carpet match the drapes, it is wall-to-wall, -wall, baby. <laughs> that is indoor-outdoor. You can putt. You can have to chip out of that. Now, if this works, it'll set a whole new standard for campaigns everywhere. Biden's got to show a little sock garter for the midterms. <laughs> Boris Johnson has to give us a peek under the haystack, and Justin Trudeau has to show us his butt. He... <laughs> 
He's not up. Sure. He's not up for re-election. It would just be a treat, you know. You could snap a pool cue over that thing, oh, man. Just that. You could bounce a toonie off that thing and get back two loonies. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Baby got back bacon is what I'm saying. Now, Macron's full chest bush wasn't the only thing catching people's attention. Eagle-eyed viewers also noticed that in the picture, he has two cell phones. Well, that's just how they do it in France. You got your main phone and you got your mistress phone, which is on France's top cellular network, Menage à Tete. We got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. John, John, you know, I hold here in my hand, I got the, 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 the card here to talk to one of, one of the favorite, favorite guests we ever had. Yeah. I think this is the first one of the guests I ever had on either one of the shows that I've done mm-hmm. that I became actual friends with, and that's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil Such DeGrasse a lovely fellow. Tyson, He's going to be out here in just that's a little right. while. Incredible. Always fast. Always fast. Yeah. I can listen to him talk about anything. I hope he's wearing a vest tonight. Oh, yeah, he has those cool vests. He has vests. a cool vest. He sometimes cool he wears vest. it, sometimes he doesn't. Yes. I don't know. I got a lot of money on him wearing the vest tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get the feel. Yeah, I owe a lot, of, lot, a lot of money if I lose this one. <laughs> I'm also going to try to get him to admit that Pluto is a planet. I'm going to try to get oh, him Oh, yeah. To, I don't think he wants to, to go to there, maybe, right? No, he may not want to, but you know, I'll work him. I'll yeah, work get him. get in there. <laughs> Folks, um, Putin's invasion of Ukraine has repeatedly targeted civilians and created a humanitarian disaster. But there's one organization that's been on the ground helping people from the very beginning, and that's Chef Jose Andre's World Central Kitchen. And so far... <laughs> lovely fellow. Another friend of the show. So far in this conflict, Jose and his organization have served over 10.3 million meals in more than... 80 Ukrainian cities and towns, along with more than 60 refugee assistance centers. But on Saturday, one of his charity kitchens was destroyed by a missile, which is horrible, but not as horrible as it could have been, according to Jose. We got four wounded uh, uh, friends, but, but they are okay. And today, they moved the kitchen. Uh, they are going to be cooking tomorrow in another location. You see, the goodness always shines through, and we're going to keep cooking and feeding as many people as we can, and we only do it because we have your support. They're going to keep cooking, and if you'd like to help support World Central Kitchen, do that in Ukraine and around the world. Visit their website, worldcentralkitchen.org, and please tune in two weeks from tonight when my guest here in the Ed Sullivan Theater will be Chef Jose Andres himself. Catch it. Coming up, Neil deGrasse. Folks, what a treat, because my guest tonight is America's favorite astrophysicist and director of the Hayden Planetarium at the Museum of Natural History. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Neil deGrasse Tyson! (laughs) 
pleasure. Neil, it's good to see you again. Well, thank you. I am always, I am always, uh, uh, Over there on the band, too. Oh, come on. The jammer. Give it up for the band give, right give there. Give it up, the jammer. Jammer. I was shaking everything backstage when I was here. You know, I just mm -hmm. couldn't stop moving. Mm -hmm. Just as the sound moved through the walls. Mm -hmm. I'm with you on that. And how does sound work, Neil? <laughs> it needs a medium through which to travel. Thank you very which much. Which means in space, most Star Wars movies would be silent. Wow. Because wow. the explosion cannot in propagate. In space, no one can hear you jazz. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear you scream or explode. Now, uh, listen, you're, you're Mr. Spaceman. Everyone's going to space these days. Why haven't you been yet? Why haven't you gone up with, like, Elon? Or have, why haven't you gone up, like, with uh, Branson or, or, uh, or Bezos? Bezos. Yeah, right? Bezos and Branson, they... You know, I'm an astrophysicist. So we ask, how high up did they go? Ask me that. How high up did they go? Okay, remember your schoolroom globe in the back? I do, yeah. Okay. At how high above a schoolroom globe? The thickness of two dimes is how high up they went. Wow. So about 100 kilometers, something like that. At most. Okay, okay, don't have to yell. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on your side, man. Okay. We're in this I'm together. Just I'm, I'm just, just asking you questions and you're giving answers. No one's, attacking. No one's attacking you. At most. Yeah. And so people saying, oh, I can, I can see the no borders of the countries. Well, you, that's true in, from an airplane, too. Right? So... That's true. Right? Generally. Yeah, so, yeah. so... So you're not impressed? I, 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 it's better than not doing that. And if, if billionaires are going to compete at something, let yep. it be that and not how big their yacht is. So okay. I, I don't have a problem with it. But as an astrophysicist... You've never been invited on one of those yachts. No, that's, that's why you said that. <laughs> Real, those yachts are really no, nice, no, man. No, originally I said, as... I'm not going up until one of them sends their mother and brings her back safe. Oh, wow. But then they sent William Shatner, who's 90... Sure. Th that 90, counts. Yeah, yeah. That counts. So, what... Do you think... Right? Do you think that space... William Shatner, bring him back safe? That counts. Some people are saying, like, ah, they didn't go to space. Did they go to space? What I'm saying is, as an astrophysicist, to me, space is moon, Mars, and beyond. Send me somewhere, rather than boldly going where hundreds have gone before. So, orbit... So, orbit is not space. You're saying orbit is not space. There's the Carmen line. The What's, Carmen line. Where's that? Okay. <laughs> That's the way you said that. <laughs> where's that? Where's that? Where is that? So yeah. Carmen line is the place as you ascend our atmosphere yeah. where there's not enough air molecules above you to scatter sunlight and turn the sky blue. Mm. So you go up in a perfectly blue daytime sky and the blue slowly disappears and the stars come out in broad daylight along with the sun. That's the Carmen line. How high is that? So that's about 100 kilometers. That's uh, what I just said. Yes, you did say kilometers. that, but what I'm saying is, why should the definition of space be limited to how thick Earth's atmosphere is? If Earth's atmosphere was half as thick, then space would be 50 kilometers. If it was a fourth as thick, it'd be 25 kilometers. If we didn't have an atmosphere, would we all be in space now? By that definition, the answer would be yes. So I'm not going, that's not my definition. I can't Neil, I don't know how to break it to you. But we are in space right now. That's good enough for me. Did I just blow your mind? Did I just blow your mind, Neil? Okay. We all... Okay, I got to... Aboard Spaceship Earth. That's exactly right. Yes. Now, uh, Thank astrophysicists... Thank you for telling me I was right on that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I know you love hearing it. <laughs> okay. What? I think that's your ringtone. Neil, you're right. Neil, <laughs> you're right. We have to take a break, but we'll be right back, and I will ask Neil what his favorite question about the universe is.
So astrophysicist JPL at Jet Propulsion Laboratory want to send a message out into the universe to tell intelligent extraterrestrials where we are, and I think with like a map of our genome too, basically this is how you build us. Are you in favor of this? So in the old days I would have been, but I thought about that, and you wouldn't give your email address to a stranger in the street who is your own species. <laughs> and now we're gonna give the return address to Earth for aliens. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm just, I'm, I'm... Is it possible for us to hide, though? I mean... Oh, are, oh, are oh, the... oh, yeah. So that, that ship has sailed. Because ever since the beginning of television, television waves go to your TV with, remember, the rabbit ears? But yeah. they also went out into space. Right. So there is a, a, a radio bubble expanding at the speed of light that contains our entire culture embedded in what TV shows people watched for the past 50 years. So, so the aliens are going to think we have talking horses. <laughs> yes. <they're> going to be. <laughs> Mr. Talking Ed, horses. my learn... mother the car. Uh, yes, yes, yes. All yes. of that, they'll, they will decode who and what we are wow. through those signals. But they'll think we'll have phasers and photon torpedoes, too, so they might leave us alone. They might be a little scared. But I'm pretty sure, based on the rest of the data, yep. they will conclude there's no sign of intelligent life on Earth. <laughs> How big, by the way, how big would that bubble be? How big, like... Oh, right, how... now it's about 80 light years going at the speed of light. Well, the 160 then, right? Because it's Well, on the, 80 uh, that's to be the diameter, correct. Sure, so, sure, sure. So that's already washed over exoplanets that we already know exists within that bubble. Do you, uh, I heard recently that Proxima Centauri, for those who don't know, it's the nearest star to ours, which is a brown dwarf, has a planet a around dwarf, it. Yeah. Oh, is this a red dwarf? Mm -hmm. My apologies. Yeah. Um, my, uh, a red dwarf, <laughs> and that has planets around it that might be in the Goldilocks zone. There yeah. might be liquid water possible there. So, in our search for exoplanets, which is now rising through 5,000... By the way, anyone in the audience born since 1995, just quickly raise your hand. Okay, good. So I now knight you all Generation Exoplanet. Because <laughs> that was the year the first exoplanet was discovered, 1995. Before then, we knew of no planets in the universe outside of our eight. And, and, now, and now thousands, <laughs> right? We're, we just passed 5,000 just a couple of weeks ago. So, wow. so, so among those, some of them have multiple planet, planet systems. Yeah. And when you have multiple planets, you can check, is one of them in the Goldilocks zone or not? And if you're there, you can sustain liquid water. And if you have a ranking of which planets you want to check first for life, life as we know it, those are where you'll go first. You, you've said we must learn to love the questions rather than focus on the answers. What question do you presently love the most? I wonder if the human intellect is sufficient to answer the questions we have posed, or even more so, are we smart enough to even know what next questions to ask? I lose sleep on that. <laughs> so my question is the question about whether we even know what question to ask. And, 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 and that's not so weird, because imagine, you know, have you ever had a conversation with a chimp? It's generally no, you can't. Mm -hmm. You know, you say, oh, I'll meet you tomorrow. Oh, a shipment of bananas are coming in at 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. They don't know what 4.30 is. They don't know what tomorrow is. Your simplest sentence goes unrecognized by them. And they, we, we have 99% DNA in common. So imagine some other species, 1% beyond us, that we are beyond the chimp. What would we look like to them? Their simplest sentence would transcend our capacity to comprehend. 
I'd lose sleep over that. And if that's the case, there's stuff in the universe we will never figure out. And I want to know when we hit that wall, because I'll just go to the Bahamas and I'll be fine. More with Neil deGrasse Tyson after this. Got a new book here. It's called Welcome to the Universe, now in 3D. It's a visual tour. It is. Okay. It so, so is. All right. Well, first of all, I love being welcome to the universe. It's one of my favorite places to be. What, um, <laughs> how, do, how does the 3D work? What's well, so, going on with so these this, goggles So here? this is in a series of books that started I, when I was on the teaching faculty at Princeton. Mm -hmm. I had two fellow professors, mm -hmm. a J. Richard Gott and Michael Strauss. And the, the course started with 40 people, and then they had 100, 150, and 300. became really popular. Then people wanted, like, the book. So we wrote a textbook, but it was very breezy, because we taught the course in a breezy way. I think that's why it was popular. Then they said, no, we want to make it a real textbook. So we wrote a problem book. And then we wrote, a, they said, no, that's too big. Can you make it littler? So then we made a pocketbook. And wait, wait, no, that's not the pocketbook. This is the pocketbook, OK? <laughs> so we did that. Then people said, the universe has beautiful pictures in it. So can we see pictures? And so out we brought in a co-author who was totally into. <laughs> I knew you would take it away from me. <laughs> so I've no. interviewed you before. So there are pairs of images in here okay. that are three that through the. For instance, through the, this one is a close-up of a comet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you look yeah. through the. You look, you look through the. Okay. Yeah, you got to look right through, here. But the, the, yeah, you look through the. Okay. Oh, and then I kind of like defocus a little bit. Ooh, yeah. check that out. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is. Oh yeah. Yeah, this, I know this looks weird. Oh yeah. damn. Okay. That is sweet. Okay, so what happened? What? what? <laughs> so the point is, no, it's a very simple point. I can talk about the universe all the time. But when you look at these images pop of the planets, mm. of the constellations, of Earth, oh, of the my, moon. That's my girl Enceladus right Enceladus there. Enceladus will totally that's rock my girl your world. Right there. Okay? And a lot of water there, right? Yeah, underneath. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In fact, in fact. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just today, there was the press conference for the planetary planetary decadal survey that announced the priorities, and Enceladus is one of the priorities. What's going to happen? Are they, they gonna gonna Are they going to drill through that ice with something? No, they don't have to. They don't have to. You know why? Because it has ice geysers. So the stuff underneath is coming to you. Well, I heard Pluto's got ice geysers, too. Don't try to get Pluto a planet again. Just, just. <laughs> you're afraid I to know, engage. I know. You're afraid to engage. <laughs> I, I know where you're trying to get there. But so, uh -huh. so, so they just announced that. So there's a whole new uh, schedule for that, for, for planetary exploration. What I'm saying here is with the planets are, are they're objects, and you can learn about them. You can see pictures of them. But they pop in this book. It's really they beautiful. They pop. And. And, and the website, welcometotheuniverse.net, okay? You can see all these books, but you click on this, this bonus material where I personally narrate each caption while, and did you pull this up? What's your, what's your narration voice? How do you, how do you? Oh, oh, of course, it's a planetarium voice, of the course. The planetarium voice? Yeah, a Let's planetarium see, director voice. Can I get a taste of it? Where's my microphone? Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Hayes. <laughs> no, no, it's just... It's sec I didn't realize the universe was so sexy. No, no, we got, we got this. Yeah, welcome.
to the universe. And so I read in my planetarium director voice yes. all of the captions and the bonus on that website, welcome to the universe.net. And then you, while you're looking at it with this book, is what I'm saying. And, and one, one other thing, the moon, I don't know if you knew this, well, you knew that it always shows the same face to us, right? Yes, yes. But the moon actually does a little jig. A little like wibble this. wobble? A little wibble wobble, right. And so what we did for this was not just say, what was the look, moon look like in 3D? We waited for it to jiggle this way, took that image, waited for it to jiggle this way, took that image, made that your stereo image. And now it's like, oh my gosh, the moon is, you just wanna hug the moon because it's so real and it becomes a place. Rather than a picture of an orb, it becomes a place. And, and there are constellations in here. People look up in the night sky, there's a constellation, you think it means something? It don't mean a damn thing. These are random stars in space. And we show you that in this book. Because you put, on the, you, put a, you put in the 3D and your favorite constellation that you think is affecting your life. <laughs> what, 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 what kind of ego do you need to think the universe gives a rat's ass about your day, okay? That's, what is that ego? Anyhow, you put on, you put on the goggles and then the, 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 the constellations pop into 3D and you see that the stars are just scattered across space. It's just, it's... I think the universe, <laughs> I think the universe cares about you. <laughs> uh, and if you want to learn more about the universe, welcome to it. Welcome to the universe in 3D is available now. Neil deGrasse Tyson, everybody. Up next, comedian Emmy Blotman. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest tonight is a comedian and a writer who has written for The President Show and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Emmy Blotnick. God, oh my God, it is so nice to be here with people. Wow, I have been feeling really rusty at talking to people. I think we all have to be really nice to each other right now and cut each other slack if your conversations go weird because it's gonna happen, you know? <laughs> the other day I saw a woman outside my coffee shop who had a hairless cat zipped up into her jacket and she was just kind of staring down the coffee line like, who's gonna ask me about my hairless cat? <laughs> she didn't say that, but that was the energy, you know? And I didn't want to do it, um, but the woman behind me did. She went for it, she went for the chit chat and she was so warm and friendly and like Midwestern, like the exact person New York normally destroys. <laughs> and she went in so friendly I knew what she meant to say. It just came out slightly off. She said, oh, wow, is that a skinless cat? <laughs> and then the lady with the cat said, he had skin. And I wanted to be like, just let her have this. You know what she meant. She knows your cat has skin because the whole cat is skin. It's an all-skin cat. It's a very skin-forward animal, you know? And maybe she said skin because she was looking at a lot of it. How dare you make her feel like the weird one here? How did you even do that? 
She wasn't being weird. She wasn't like, is your cat only bones? You know, she was just trying to chat. I think the right answer to that is something like, actually, it's a hairless cat, but thanks so much for talking to me. I'm utterly companionless. <laughs> I got a dog recently, he's the best. Uh, dogs are antidepressants, for real. Like, if you have depression, a dog will help you so much. And if you have anxiety, a dog won't help you at all. <laughs> There's so much to worry about. They don't come with instruction manuals. I just Google dog questions in a panic all day. I'm like standing outside Walgreens Googling, can dogs go inside Walgreens? <laughs> no, okay. Can dogs eat French onion soup? No? Okay. <laughs> we were in an elevator together, and I was like, does he get what's happening right now? <laughs> we're moving, does he get it? And so I Googled, do dogs understand elevators? <laughs> and the answer is functionally, but not mechanically. <laughs> And that makes sense, right? Like, they know that they're going somewhere, but they can't build you one. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. Oh, I'm thinking about buying Twitter. Um, no. <laughs> one thing at a time. I, uh... <laughs> I got my dog groomed for the first time. Uh, I called a mobile dog grooming van because I saw it in one episode of Queer Eye. And it's a great business. They roll up to your house in a van and a guy takes your dog into the van and he disappears for about two and a half hours. And they do everything. They cut his hair, they trimmed his nails, they got in his ears, they gave him a dental cleaning, they went up his butt. He came out looking so good, like the best he's ever looked in his life. And then I got the bill and it was $250, which is more than my haircut and you can tell. <laughs> but I was like, what happened in there? Why was this so expensive? And I'm like, nah, you know what? This makes sense. A guy had to chain my dog by the neck to a sink in a van and fight him for two and a half hours. He deserves his money. And why aren't people getting groomed this way? <laughs> Once you know that it can all be done in a van, you're like, why am I going to a hairdresser in one place and a dentist in another? <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if a van just rolled up to your house, a guy you've never met puts a bag over your head and he drags you out to the van and he handcuffs himself to you and you to the van and then he does everything, right? He cuts your hair, trims your nails, he gives you a dental cleaning and a colonoscopy and a COVID booster shot and a little turkey sausage and he tells you you're a very good boy and you come out looking the best you've ever looked in your life, I mean. Who's ready to start vrooming with human grooming? Thank you guys so much. Emmy Blotnick, everybody. Thank you, Emmy. You can catch Emmy at the Moon Tower Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas this weekend. Emmy Blotnick. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. 
If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.